Welcome to Rock Harbor Church's channel on Sermon Audio. We hope this message is a blessing to you and helps you in your daily walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, settle in and grab your Bibles. Here's Pastor Brandon with this message. We're going to continue in our series in Genesis, and we're going to be in chapter 27. I'm going to have to break this up into two parts because there's a lot there. And this is the famous story of... uh, of, uh, Esau, yeah, Esau and Isaac wanting to give the blessing to Esau and Jacob uh, and, and, and Rebekah hearing about this and saying, wait a second, that can't go to him. It's supposed to go to Jacob. And so they manipulate the situation <clears throat> and dress uh, Jacob in hairy garments to make him appear as Esau. Remember that? And um, so that Isaac will give him the patriarchal blessing. Everybody knows that story, but unfortunately, it's not taught correctly, um, and especially, I looked at my commentaries, a lot of my commentaries don't teach it correctly, because they always want to go anti-Jacob on the thing, and it's not Jacob's fault. There's no doubt him and his mom lie in the situation, and we understand that. But the main problem that's going on in the situation is Isaac and Esau, and what's going on with them is what's going on in our culture. What do you mean? Well, they're going through life not according to what God wants them to do, but the way they want to live their life, the way they want to see things happen in their life. And and Isaac basically is the instigator of a lot of this in in trying to steal the, the patriarchal blessing away from Jacob and give it to his favorite son. And it's a whole dysfunctional mess. It's a hot mess when you get through it all. But what's the point? The point is, when you decide, as our society has, to depart from the truth, depart from facts and evidence, and live your life according to feelings, to my preferences, to the way I want to do life, you end up crash landing. You won't survive in this reality like that. And a lot of people are doing this, obviously. I mean, when you, you tell me that uh, you, you want me to believe a, a man can have a baby, okay? You don't believe your lying eyes, Brandon. A man can have a baby. If you want me to believe that, I have to suspend all my facts and evidence, my known biology, and, and go into fantasy world and believe that, right? And it's not just that. It's all these other issues. It's about Israel. You know, Israel's a genocidal uh, nation. They're, they're, you're committing genocide. It's like, what? You're a liar. And that's what's happening, right? So you're going to see what happens when an individual like Isaac, a believer, decides to do his own thing and go against the will of God, go against what happened, and causes a whole mess. Look, when you're done with this chapter, this family will never be the same again. Because deception divides, okay? And and when people are working with deception, you're not gonna have a society. You're not gonna have a culture anymore. You understand that we have people now in our culture that don't value truth anymore. They don't value integrity. Integrity means nothing to them. And that's what we used to have in America. We used to have a culture that's based on Judeo-Christian ethics, and one of the major ethics is, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to live my life in an honest way and have character and be able to look myself in the mirror. Forget that. 
That's gone now with a lot of the culture, especially the younger generation and the people we're bringing into our country. You understand that the people we're bringing into our country, it's not a racist thing, it's a values thing. We have people coming into our country that don't value honesty. If you're a Muslim and you believe in Sharia law, your religion allows you to lie. How do I have a relationship with someone that's allowed religiously to lie? I can't. I can't deal with a person. No wonder Israel can't deal with them. But this is what's happening. So I want you to see from a familial standpoint, these are patriarchs, the, the fam- this is the believers, right? How bad it disrupts their family and divides it. And then, then take it out to the society, the culture, and then self-apply it to your own life. Because here's the thing, 2024, dude, it's gonna be crazy. You, I, you're not gonna believe what you're gonna see. It, the, it's an election year, they're gonna spring on us, a digital currency, all kinds of weird stuff are gonna happen. And the only way you and I are gonna be able to navigate is through truth, is with God's truth, Amen. right? That's, that's the only way. So, let's take our cues of what not to do, okay, in this story, all right? So anyway, let me, let me start here before I move on, kind of some tongue-in-cheek stuff, but anyway, I did a funeral one time, <clears throat> and uh, the family wanted, that wanted to play this, this song for their, their, their loved one, and as though it was the first time I ever heard the song, and um, I, I, I sat there, and I listened to the lyrics, and I said, wow, that's a crazy song. That's that song, you never want to live this way. And it, it's the song, obviously, I did it my way, right? <laughs> Have you heard that song yet? Okay. Look at the lyrics, Okay. And now the end is near, so I faced the final curtain. So that's why I guess they played it at the funeral. If you ask me to do your funeral, don't play this song. I won't do it if you, if you do this song, okay? My friend, I say it clear. I state my case of which I'm certain and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Wow, that's bad. That's arrogant. You did it your way? That's not good. Regrets, I had a few. I have like a thousand. What are you talking about? I just have a few. Well, that's when you lie to yourself. That's what happens. But then again, too few to mention, wow, I did, it. I did what I had to do, pragmatism right there, and I saw it without exception. I planned each, chart, each charted course, each careful step along the byway. Uh, that's not good because you want to chart your course by God, obviously, and much, much more than this. I did it my way. I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit, I, I bit off more than I can chew. That's probably most of our lives. But through it all, when there were a doubt, I ate it up and I spit it out. I faced it all and stood tall. I did it my way. There again, the arrogant uh, statement. I find it also amusing to think I did it all. I did all that. And may I say, not in a shy way. Oh, no, 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 not me. I did it my way. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. To say the things he truly feels, that's called being rude. Um, And not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and I did it my way. Yes, it was my way. Okay, that's the opposite of what you should do, okay? What is integrity? Integrity means, look, integrity is not this, I follow my heart. Uh, I'm gonna be true to myself. That's not. Or I'm gonna live the life I wanna live, like the song says. No, 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 that's not integrity. You will actually deceive yourself. 
Integrity is living, living in submission to the truth, or living in submission to how God has designed life. If you go against the created order, woe unto you. You're going against reality. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're going against the reality. And when you go against the way God created things, you're gonna find yourself in a ditch against a brick wall. Because you're not gonna go any further than that. But that's where society is going. They're doing it their way. And this is what Isaac does. He decides to do it his way. Verse one. <clears throat> now it came to pass when Isaac was old. So right now the patriarch is about 137 years old. He's actually gonna live to be 180, but you know, his, 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 his brother, uh, half-brother Ishmael obviously died at this same age about 14 years prior to this so he's thinking well I'm, I'm at the age where Ishmael died I'm probably going to die too and here's what happens he decides that he doesn't like the way things went in his life okay there's regrets not biblical regrets but his own personal regrets of the way he wanted life to go. And right now, what he's about to do is try to change the course in which life went, in which God has said is gonna go, and, and take something away from Jacob that was legally given to him and steal it away and give it to his favorite son, Esau. Now Esau, as we, we have studied, is a wild, Dude, he's like Ishmael. He's a, a man of the world. He, he doesn't want to do any, have anything to do with God. He doesn't want anything to do with the Abrahamic covenant. He, uh, he, he's just a worldly man. He doesn't listen to anybody, does his own thing. But yet, Isaac favors him over Jacob. And Jacob's the more godly man. Jacob is the more uh, responsible one that will carry on the, the family tradition and carry on the Abrahamic covenant. And yet, the dad likes the wild one and wants to see the blessing that was exchanged to Jacob given back to Esau. So he's going to try to force a situation. So it says this, and his eyes were dim that he could not see, that he called Esau. So basically, what Moses is saying is, yes, physically he's going blind. But there's something else what Moses is trying to do. He's trying to say, yes, he's physically going blind, but, but something else is happening spiritually to the man. He's going blind spiritually. Now, can a believer go blind spiritually? Of course, Peter talks about this. A believer can blind themselves. How do you blind yourself? You blind yourself when you refuse to admit the truth. You refuse to bow a knee to what God says is the truth. When you do that and you suppress the truth, you start going spiritually blind. Unbelievers are blind and believers can go blind by doing that. It's the same mechanism, okay? So this is what's happening. And he's, what is he going blind to? He's going blind to the will of God, okay? That's what he's going blind to because of favoritism. <clears throat> Esau is about 70 years old. So is Jacob, because remember, they're twins, okay? And said, my son, he said, and he answered him, here I am. Then he said, behold, now I am old. I do not know <clears throat> the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Verse four, and make me a savory food. Now, the, it could be savory food, but really it's actually probably translated best venison, 
They wanted venison for this. Such as I love. And bring it to me that I may, my eat, I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. You're like, when you read that, you're like, okay, he just wants to give them a fatherly blessing. No, it's not a fatherly blessing. It is a patriarchal blessing. And my friends, the patriarchal blessing can only be given to a firstborn. Okay, now let's go back in time a little bit before this day. Esau, who doesn't care about the Abrahamic covenant, doesn't care spiritually about other people, came in hungry one day and sold his birthright, his firstborn birthright, to Jacob legitimately. And, and like I said before, when we studied that passage, that is a legal transaction. You could sell your birthright, and people did. And you could do it verbally, and you didn't have to have a contract. And, and we have the ancient texts during that period of time that in other uh, uh, ancient cultures at that time, that was what was going on. So we all know, and so does Isaac, that the transaction, Jacob never stole anything from Esau. Never it was a legitimate transaction that happened, and therefore the birthright goes naturally to Jacob since he bought it and wanted it. And therefore, that is tied to the patriarchal blessing. Isaac has no right to transfer that to anyone else. He has to give that to Jacob by law and by theology. Because according to Genesis 25, when the the two twins were in Rebecca's stomach. They were fighting. Remember that? And she says, what's going on? She asked God, and God says, two nations are in your womb. The older will serve the younger. And the prophecy then is saying basically this. The Abrahamic covenant is going to go through the younger, which is Jacob. And so the older will serve under him because of that. And so she knows, Isaac knows, because God made it available to him and told them, this is what I want happening. Okay, so then what do we got going on here? We have a believer who doesn't like the will of God, has a favorite, and is willing to thwart the will of God, and is willing to steal the covenant, or the blessing, away from his younger son and give it to the older. That's what we got going on here. That's how bad favoritism happens in families. And look, if you're on the short end of the stick, you know what I'm talking about. If you're the favorite, you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't think you're the favorite, okay? That's just the way it is. But everyone else around you who is not the favorite knows you're the favorite, except you, okay, right? That's kind of how it goes. So what's going on here? Well, number one, let's, 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 let's go through some things real quick, some bullet points. It's not Jacob's fault that this is happening. Jacob lies and so does Rebecca, and we're going to acknowledge that. But they're not the instigators in this. The greater sin rests on Isaac and Esau, okay? And again, like I said, the commentaries are no help for this. Um, they always take an anti-Jacob slant to this, and they, they malign and say, he stole the birthright, he did it. And it's like, what? He didn't steal anything. And what, what you start realizing is some of these commentaries are written with an anti-Israel bent. Anything they can do to slam Israel, and obviously Jacob is, is associated to Israel, obviously, because he has the 12, the 12 tribes, right? The 12 sons. And so you'll see these commentaries slam him instead of slamming Isaac or slamming Esau. And it, it's like, no, you're wrong on that. 
So like, like I said, Jacob never stole a birthright. Esau sold it, for, uh, sold it to him. Isaac has no authority to go against the transaction, and Isaac has no authority to go against the revealed will of God. He's totally out of line. So what you're having is a father that's willing to violate all of this, and Esau obviously is a, a willing uh, accomplice with this and basically stealing it from Jacob. Because you know what happens later on? Esau knows that there's land attached to it. Yeah, it's called the land of Israel. And when he, when he wants that land, and, and later on he's told, you don't have any of this land. It's Jacob's. Now, what you'll see then later on in this text is Esau intermarries. He intermarries with Canaanites and he intermarried with the Ishmaelites. And so a lot of the people today that are giving Israel problems, Palestinians, are descendants of Esau and Ishmael. So the problem that you see here in the story with Esau is the problem you're seeing today in the Gaza Strip. It, 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 you, you, you can't get a better illustration than what we're viewing right now in the Middle East. Can't get a better one. Now, here's Esau. He's off the chain. This is a guy that's just, he's a wackadoo, man. He doesn't care about God or anything. He just does his own thing. And look what he does. It, just, to, just, to, to just Moses is showing you how much of a wackadoo he is by saying, look, look at the kind of people he marries. Even if he didn't sell his birthright, he's disqualified from having the Abrahamic covenant and the birthright because of who he married. Look what it says. He intermarried with Canaanites. Genesis 26. When Esau was 40 years old, he took, his, took as wives Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, and Basmath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. These are all Canaanites, by the way. And look in 35. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Now, every parent in here that's had an adult child marry a Canaanite, you know exactly what this passage is talking about. Now, I told the, the other audiences before not to raise your hand, okay? But how many of you grandparents or parents have seen adult children grow up and marry the wrong person? A Canaanite. And, and verse 35, you can relate to Isaac and Rebekah, right? It grieved their mind because of all the, 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 the craziness that happened by marrying the wrong person, right? It divided the whole family, didn't it? That's what it started doing. And Esau didn't care. I'll marry whoever I want to marry. Canaanite, Hittite, bring them down. And he just started marrying all these crazy people. You know what that does to your family. Look what you just went through Christmas. How, look how dysfunctional some of these people are. And they go, why? They married the wrong people, didn't they? You're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe my, 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 my son or daughter married this creep. And I'm sitting here with Christmas with them. <laughs> to make matters worse, he puts a cherry on top of the banana split mess he made. He also, Esau saw the daughters of Canaan did not please his father's eyes. Oh, so you know this doesn't make mom and dad happy. So you know? So what are you trying to do? Rub their nose in it? Yes, he is. He's a jerk. So Esau went to Ishmael. This is to make matters worth. Ishmael, wait a second. Ishmael's rejected. Ishmael had to get kicked out of the camp because he was persecuting Isaac. Remember that? He had to get kicked out of the camp. This guy's a mess. And took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael. There you go. That's going to be a winning combination. 
Abraham's son, the sister of Nebahoth, to be his wife in addition to the wives he had. So not only did he marry Canaanites, he married into the family that was actually rejected and persecuting Isaac to make matters worse. Oh, okay. And so many of the people in the Middle East are descendants, as you can see, Esau and Ishmael intermarried and produced many of the Arab people that you have today that hate the Abrahamic covenant and hate the fact that Jacob has the land. Oh, yeah, what a mess. But here's the thing. Isaac reveals his favoritism right in front of our very faces. And it reveals his attitude towards the patriarchal blessing. What do you mean? Now, now, he's at the end of his life, and this is the time when you start having regrets, and you try to start driving the, the, the ship yourself because you want to correct it. That's not the time to do it. It is what it is at this point. But what happens is he can't let go of his favorite. I mean, just think about this. He favors this wild son of his that has brought him grief, and yet he favors him rather than Jacob. Why? What a mess off. Why would you want to even like that guy? He's caused you nothing but grief. Favoritism goes deep, really, really deep. Now, what's the connection between the two? In favoritism, there's always some type of connection. There's sometimes there's guilt, but there is a connection. Let me show you the connection between Isaac and Esau and why they're so connected. Esau doesn't care about the Abrahamic covenant so he, he values it at the level and cost of food, okay? He sold it for food. That's what he thinks how valuable the Abrahamic covenant is. Let's go to dad. Isaac is willing to steal the patriarchal blessing from Jacob and give it to Esau for what? Food. For venison. You see the connection, what Moses is trying to do? Moses is trying to connect you. The son is like the father. Now, the patriarchs are not perfect. But what it's revealing to you is Isaac's attitude towards the Abrahamic covenant and not realizing what kind of character needs to carry the Abrahamic covenant, which is found in Jacob, not Esau, but his favoritism and his, and his, his overriding what the worth is of the Abrahamic covenant. He is putting it on the level of food. Now, you think, what's the big deal about food? It's has, having to do with carnal instincts. That, he, that, that Isaac and Esau are driven by base instincts. Not rational thinking, not biblical thinking, not intelligence, but Base appetites are driving their decisions in life. And the fact is he likes the, the food that his son serves up when he goes hunting. So, so they, 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 he likes that. There, there's their connection. What? Yeah, that's the connection. You mean that, Ab that Isaac is willing to sell out his own son, go against the will of God for some stupid connection about food? Yes! That's the point. And you think, it's so trivial to have a connection point 
that we, we, we like the same food or something like that. That's the connection point. That's what he's willing to, ser- uh, to sell out Jacob for. Yeah. So when you come down to it, favoritism, it's something stupid like that. It'll always be something stupid like that that's unbiblical. For food, that's why you're connected. Oh, we have the same likes. We, we like the same football team. Or we, we, you know, we like to go fishing. Or we, we, we like we, we, whatever. Whatever they like to do. They have a hobby that they share in common. That's why you favor them and treat everyone bad? Yes. That's why. It's stupid and it's ungodly. And that's what you see here. But what's the point? Because I don't want to act like this. And neither do you. You cannot force situations based on your preferences, your proclivities, your wish hopes, or your feelings that are contrary to the will of God and to facts and evidence and truth. You can't. If you're going to navigate through this crazy life, your feelings will lead you into a ditch. Your preferences will lead you into a ditch. You will get off the will of God, just like with Isaac. Now, now, let me show you examples in our society of people running into a ditch that just simply ignore facts and evidence. So this is now popping up now. Jesus was a Palestinian. I thought we dealt with this already. But there are people stupid enough to believe that. Now, wait a second. Everybody knows Jesus is a Jew. Everybody knows that. I thought we're having to revisit this again. There's no such thing as a Palestinian. What are you talking about? But what happens is people have preferences, people have feelings, and they let those guide them rather than facts and evidence. Jesus is a Jew. How did you miss that one? It doesn't matter to them because they're, they're working on a narrative. Or how about this? New York Times, believe it or not, carried this story. And I'm really shocked about they carried this story. But basically, uh, how Hamas weaponized sexual violence on October 7th, because the whole world is silent to this. Not only was Israel attacked, but all of their women were molested in, sexually, in sexual ways and, and cut up and done so, it was awful. I can't, even, I can't even explain it to you on a Sunday morning how bad it is. You have to read the article yourself. Of what these women saw happen not only to themselves, but to other women that they were killed. Okay? Hamas raped the women they, they got in contact with. They just raped all the women. Okay? Repeatedly. Broke their pelvises. It was so bad. Beyond, it's beyond comprehension. Animals, demonic, whatever. And that, yes, the rest of the world doesn't want to say anything about this. Well, this is the facts and evidence. How come the world is being silent on this? Why don't they condemn Hamas? Why don't they condemn Islam? Because Islam is allowing this. You can rape the enemy's women. That's what Islam teaches. How come no one talks about Islam about this? I like with Netanyahu, at least he has some guts to talk about it. I heard, and you've also heard about sexual abuse and some vicious rapes, but I must say that until just a few days ago, I haven't heard anything from human rights organizations, I didn't hear women's organizations, I didn't hear anything from women organizations in the UN. I did not hear their outcry, so I say to them, where are you? Did you remain silent because these are Jewish women? I would like to say this. 
in a language I that say everybody understands. To the human rights organizations, you've heard of the rape of Israeli women, horrible atrocities, sexual mutilation. Where the are you? I expect all civilized leaders, governments, nations to speak up against this atrocity. But they won't. They stay silent because it goes against their narrative, goes against their preferences, because they have to hate Israel and Israel has to be demonized. So no matter what Hamas does to them, raping repeatedly and cutting them up while you're raping them and killing them while you're raping them and breaking their pelvis because so many people rape them, we can't talk about that because that goes against the narrative. You see what's going on in our society? It's more than this. Look at this. Wake up, West. Israel hostages say everyone in Gaza is a terrorist. This is the same facts and evidence I've been presenting to you about the Palestinians. They support what's going on here. So this lady, who, a Jewish woman, who was held hostage, got out. And she's alive, thank God. Her name is Mia Shem. And she explains, hey, I wasn't being held by Hamas terrorists. I was being held by families who support Hamas. She said, entire families are under Hamas. I realized I was staying with a family. I started to ask myself, why am I in a family home? Why are there children here? Why is there a wife here? Do you know why? Because many of the people in Palestine support Hamas, and they were willing to help hold the Jewish women hostage. That's why. Oh, but they're, they're telling you on the news there's a difference between the civilians and Hamas, really? Because as poll found, 67% of the Palestinians are in support of terrorist jihad. That's in 2021. Understand, right now, the Palestinian Authority provides Hamas killers, their families, about $1,500 a month grant, plus $353 per month for life for being a so-called martyr as a pay for slay. And that's coming from American taxpayers. Oh. I showed you these recent polls. These are Arabs polling the Palestinians. 89% believe that the, the 7th, October 7th were, were carried out in response to contemporary historic oppression by Israel. 98% of the response reported feeling prouder as, an identity, as they identify as Palestinians now. About 86% support to some extent what, what happened to Israel. Okay, thank you, 86%. That's all I need to know. There's the stats, there's the facts. How come that's not being uh, uh, reported? This is the, uh, the Arabs who did this, not, 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 not Breitbart, not Fox News, not, not any conservative elements, right? This is the Arabs. But, uh, oh, that's right, that's, it doesn't fit the narrative, Brandon. So now Biden hangs up on, uh, on Netanyahu this week and they're like, what's going on here? Again, facts and evidence mean everything, okay, for us, but to them it doesn't. So he's telling Netanyahu the Israeli government needs to give some of their tax revenues to the Palestinian authorities. <laughs> what? And Netanyahu's like, yeah, right. And Biden hangs up on him because Netanyahu refused. Well, good for Netanyahu. Because you know what's going on? Why, why Israel will not give tax revenues to the Palestinian authorities? Because they take the money and they build tunnels and you know the millions and millions of dollars we give the Palestinian authorities? That, was go that went to build the tunnels too. Oh yeah, we, just, we discovered it and apparently no one pays attention to this. 
Tonight, the world is seeing just how deeply Hamas has burrowed itself underneath the Gaza Strip. Israel's military releasing several edited videos showing a sprawling web of tunnels in northern Gaza, complete with a shower and a toilet, extensive plumbing and electrical gear, air tanks, even a water cooler. The IDF says the tunnel network comprised two levels, dozens of feet underground, that passed under a school and a hospital. Israel also revealing it found the bodies of five hostages in the tunnels. Their deaths were already known. The circumstances were not. As efforts to free more than 100 remaining hostages... So that's what Israel had to do to destroy the tunnels of these ant diggers. They're like ants that dig in a, in a thing. They have tunnels everywhere. So they had to detonate them. They had to fill them with salt water to flush them out like gophers in a hole. And they're, they're, there's why Netanyahu told Biden, we're not giving the Palestinian Authority any tax money. And neither should the United States because that's what they do with the money. They built tunnels to kill us. And Israel just finished off those tunnels, thank God, but that was all American taxpayer money. Thank you very much. That's the facts and evidence. That's why they're a problem. But again, did you hear about this story? Again, this is all about facts and evidence. Let's see if people play in the facts and evidence. Christ uh, Christmas massacre, Christmas Day, 160 Christians were killed by Islamic jihadists. Oh, did you make the, did that make the news? No. I had to dig to find this on the Western Journal. Um, I, I wonder if there was any, did you see any protests in New York, uh, you know, marching through the streets? This, that should never have happened to Christians or Paris or London or somewhere in Germany where they were protesting. Oh, that's right. They only do that for Israel going to war against terrorists, but they don't go and protest for terrorists killing Christians. No one heard this, and it's a massacre because Islam gets a pass every time they do it. They kill the Saturday people, then they kill the Sunday people, and no one wants to talk about it. You see the problem when you decide not to deal with truth and evidence, your society goes upside down. So that's the application. You and I can't be like that, and, no, and we don't want to be. So we have to subject any preferences that we have, any proclivities we have, any wish, hopes, the way we thought our life should go, or feelings, or whatever it is, to God's authority and truth. That's, that we have to. Whether we like it or not, you must. In order to survive the deception, you have to bow a knee to God. You have to. Okay? So only way you're going to survive. So watch what happens. Because <clears throat> now they're going to start manipulating things. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make uh, savory food for me or venison, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Notice what she's saying. Obey my voice and I command you. Huh, who should Jacob be listening to and obeying whose voice? Uh-huh, yeah. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make a savory food from them, for, uh, from them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it, 
and that he may bless you before his death. Well, Rebecca, Rebecca, you don't need to do this. God's already said it's going to happen. You're now taking matters into your own hands instead of trusting God with the situation, and you're going to start manipulating. And that's what happens. That's the temptation that Satan will, is going to bring to you and I. You're going to see 2024, and you're going to be wringing your hands saying, what can I do, what can I do? And there's going to be things that you can't do. And, and Satan is going to tempt you, well, then take matters into your own hands. That's when you make a mistake. I'm not talking about being responsible, getting the word out, getting truth out, and standing for what we need to stand for. I'm talking about things that are out of your control, like in this situation, you better let go. You better not try to manipulate it, because that's what she's doing. She should, she should just trust God, say, hey, man, he said it's going to happen. I don't care what my husband does. He's crazy. He's out of his mind. I don't care what he saw. He's crazy. He's not. I mean, they can do all they want. They're not going to thwart the plan of God. And she should sit back and trust. But she's not. And neither is Jacob. There's a lack of trust here. And it's the lack of, 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 of thinking that God can intervene at the right time. Okay? So here's the principle. God's time and intervention happens at the right moment. In his time, not according to our time. You have to, and I have to trust that timing. Okay? Especially things we can't control. Okay? if we can't wait on God, you will try to manipulate. I will try to manipulate. That's what happens. That's, that's our natural proclivity in all of this. So for instance, let me give you an example. <clears throat> there are things happening in our world that the process has already started and it's not stopping. So like for instance, this, this whole transhumanism movement it's crazy. It's, 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 it, but it reminds me of Genesis 6 because they're wanting to make humans 2.0 and, and make them like X-Men with powers and, and, and IQs of 1,000 and they can tamper with DNA and, and get into the genomes and mess with people and make them superhumans and, and we can advance ourselves up the evolutionary chain in their minds and, and we can change ourselves and become like a god and never die. Really? Wow. That's what Adam and Eve was told in the garden. And that's what Genesis 6 was about, was tampering with the DNA. And you're now tampering with DNA. I think the Lord said it'll be like in the days of Noah. Oh. So how long do you think God's going to put up with you humans putting, uh, tampering with DNA? I can already tell you. <clears throat> in Genesis 6, he didn't put up with it for very long because he sent the flood. Because what was happening is the human, the human DNA was being so corrupted, he had to pull the plug on it. It had to stop. And I can tell you this, they're doing it again now. He's going to put the plug in this. He's, he's, enough is enough. Now again, one of the things that people don't realize is the transgender movement is associated to the transhuman movement. That's why the two go hand in hand. Because in, trans, in trans, transgender movement, they're trying to change their genders, but it's trying to be another type of human, that I can surgically change myself to be this or that or whatever it is. And that's why the two are actually connected. So don't separate the two. See it as one whole. That's why the globalists and everybody is pushing transhumanism and transgenderism is to socialize people towards it. Okay? Look at this. This is how crazy our world is when you don't follow the truth. 
Canadian honors transgender activists who defunded a rape shelter for banning biological males. Wow, really? So you have a rape shelter for women that have been raped. They go there to get protected. And some dude who says he's a girl says, I want to go into the rape shelter. And, and they said, no, you can't. You're a biological male. Get out of here. You're crazy. And so Canada honors this guy because he got that, that, that rape facility shelter defunded by, by Canada. And so what do we do? We give a, we give a award to some dude that has mental illness. Oh, okay. God's going to intervene on that. And now the Pope came out a couple weeks ago, hey, we can bless civil unions, gay couples, lesbian couples. So now it's starting. It's starting. The Pope said okay now. And so now uh, first, uh, first same-sex blessing from an LG, uh, LGBT-affirming Catholic priest uh, for a homosexual couple. Let me ask you this. How long do you think it's going to go on? How long did he let Sodom and Gomorrah go on? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be homophobic or anything, but when you start going against creation, you start messing with DNA, you go to that which is unnatural, and then you add this, then you start messing with kids, right? So you got this, and didn't the prophecy update say that the Obamas were behind the production of this? Okay, so Netflix puts a toddler show, two, guy, two gay guys, and this is their supposed son, and they're dressing him up like a girl. Okay. So how long before the millstones are starting to be made in heaven before God starts intervening? But what's my point? These are things that are bigger than us. Now, we're going to oppose it. We're going to speak out against it. But I can't stop the trend because God's going to have to. It's, too big. it's global, right? And so we're going to have to watch how God's going to intervene on this and stop this, because this will destroy the human race. This will destroy all humans, the way they're going. They're crazy, and this is insane. So this is where you have to punt it off, saying, you know what, this is going to be in God's hands. I'll do what I can, but I'm, I, God's going to have to intervene. Because look, the, the church is not going to help you out. Do you, you expect the pastors and churches to help you? No, look at Methodist Church calls on ministers to repent of any hurtful language like husband and wife. Excuse me? I can't say, and now I join you as husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. Oh, you can't do that if you're marrying a gay couple because that's offensive to call them husband and wife. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I offended you. Wow, I'm so inconsiderate of you. But my creator says he made the male and female and the two shall become one. It's not Adam and Steve. What in the world, man? Digital currency is coming. They want to pop this on us on 2024, 2025. It's bigger than us. We're going to have to trust God for this one. I, I, don't, I don't have a solution. I, I, you know, I could tell you, hey, this is the roadmap. We're going to, God's going to have to guide us when we get there. But this is huge. This is a, big, this is a game changer, guys. But again, I'm not going to try to manipulate. I'm going to trust God. Because what are they doing? They're trying to get total domination. They want world domination. Someone in the first service says, Brandon, I can't figure out what, what, why are they wanting to do this. I said, it's real simple. Power, money, control. That's it. That's all you need to understand. And they're very Luciferian. That's very satanic, right? That's what they want to do. They, come, they want to become their own gods. That's what we're dealing with. God's going to intervene. He will. I'm going to trust him. And, and, how, and, 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 and here's the thing. I don't know how long we have left. I can't tell you. 
But I do know he will deliver us in the rapture. He will take us out of here before it gets really bad. And, and when that really bad comes is meant when he starts judging this world for what they have done. And he's gonna remove us for that. That's our promise, our, our blessed hope that we have in the back of our minds, right? Amen? <clears throat> so if you can just hang on, hang on just a little bit longer and fight the fight, he'll finally take us out, amen? Okay, let's go in verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. So this is what happens when you start plotting and scheming. You're like, I don't know if it's gonna work because I'm not hairy like Esau. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I, I, I shall seem to be a deceiver. Yeah, you will be a deceiver if you do this. Don't do it, Jacob, to him. And I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. That's true. You're risking something. But his mother said to him, let your curse be on me. Oh, really? Oh, really? Wow. I don't know if it works like that. But I remember a crowd saying that to Pilate. Remember that? Okay. Just, there's connections. Okay. Only obey my voice. Whose voice? Your voice, not God's. Okay. And go get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made a savory food, such as his father loved. She put the right spices in. Convinced them it was venison instead of goat. Okay. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Why? The smell of him. That's why. And she put the skins of the kids, the goats, of the, go uh, of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck, the back part of his neck, right? Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Ah, I want you to see the depths of the manipulation that's going on here. When you decide, when I decide to start manipulating things, it starts going deep. What is Rebecca doing? She's taking advantage of Isaac's weakness. Now, Isaac's out of his mind doing what he's doing. But Rebecca's wrong in the fact that she's taking advantage of his weakness. Okay, since Rebecca knows her husband, okay, just like any married couple knows their spouse really well, you know the buttons to push and what not to push. You know the strengths, you know the weaknesses, right? Every spouse knows this. She knows the weakness of her husband, and it's, it's through his gut instinct. It's through his belly. It's through food. It's through his five senses. He is driven by his flesh, and she knows that. So in order to manipulate him, she has to appeal to his flesh in order to deceive him. So how is she going to do it? She's got to hit at least the five senses. Okay, we got one sense taken care of, because why? He's blind. So she doesn't have to worry about sight. But she has to worry about the food that he's going to taste, right? Taste. So she is able to cook a meal that will taste like venison and convince him it's venison. Okay, so he's got that covered. Then, like Jacob said, well, he's, he's smooth-skinned and, and Esau's hairy. Well, I got that one covered. We'll put the kids, uh, 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 you know, the goat kids 
skin on your neck, when he feels you, that will, that will uh, uh, satisfy him. So what is that? That's touch. That's touch, okay? So we got eyes covered, we got taste covered, we got touch covered, and then he says, I'm gonna put the, 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 the clothes of Esau on you so that you what? Smell like Esau. But she can't duplicate one thing. What's left of the five senses? Voice. It's the voice. She can't duplicate the voice. And that, when you read the rest of the text, when we get into it next time, is what catches Isaac. It's the voice. Voice, the theme of voice. I think I've read that somewhere. My sheep know my voice. Oh, yeah. You can put the Antichrist in whatever getup you want to do. You can put the Antichrist making up him looking and pretending to be the, the Jesus of the Bible, but when you hear the Antichrist speaks, he speaks like a dragon, and I'm, I will know his voice. It's different than the shepherd's. Oh, that's right, because you can't hide the voice. When Jesus appears to the women at the tomb, they don't recognize him, except when he does what? My sheep know my voice. The vo so the most important thing to know is the voice of the Lord, which is the word of God. Oh, that's how I slice through things. Yeah, that's right. It's a theme. It's a theme that's being carried through here. So here's the thing in manipulation. Criminals always leave markers behind when they do an act, don't they? They're not smart enough to cover up their tracks. They think they're covering up their tracks, but they never can cover up their tracks. They always leave clues. That's why there's murder mysteries and all this other stuff on TV, because they always leave clues behind them, right? Because people think that they actually can cover their tracks, but you can't. That's the point. When you get into manipulation, you will not be able to cover up your tracks. And that's what's happening. They can't cover up. They can do four of the five, but they, they're going to leave something open that gets them caught. And that family will never be the same once this is found out that mom and the younger son and the older son and the dad were all scheming. It'll never be the same again. It'll ruin the whole family because of the manipulation, you can't cover up your tracks. Okay, what's the, what's the point? Did you notice something? So we got the manipulation going, but you keep seeing this theme, son, listen to my voice, obey my voice. You keep seeing that theme? Yes, because when you get into a manipulation scheme and you're trying to get it to your advantage, when people try to do this, they will only listen to the echo chambers around them. They will never listen to somebody that's going to give them the truth. Jacob is not listening to God. He's listening to his mom, and his mom's not giving him the truth. That's what's happening. This is the problem with our world. They live in an echo chamber. They group identify because they don't think for themselves, and they only do what the group tells them to do. That's how they work, okay? And you and I, we have to use the scriptures to realize, hey, look, man, I could be off. And if I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something, I better go talk to somebody about this. I better go talk to somebody to see if I'm on the right page here because I could be off. 
But what do people do? When they know they're off the, the wrong, uh, off the right page and on a wrong page, and they want to stay on that wrong page, I guarantee you they will not go to somebody that will tell them the truth. They will go to somebody that will tell them what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. Every time. Plotting and scheming. You think you're going to run to a counselor and a pastor and say, hey, man, I'm plotting and scheming against my brother. What do you think I should do? They, they, in their mind, you're not even going to go. Right? They just disappear. What does the scripture say, though? Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Ah, uh, yes. When, when you go to people that, that, that just become an echo chamber for you, that's called the kisses of an enemy. They're not helping you. They're actually creating and helping you dig your own grave for you. When you hear, pe- that you, you hear from people that tell you what you want to hear, they're digging your own grave. But when you go to somebody, a true friend, who will tell you, hey man, you're messed up. You're not seeing things right. Your perception is wrong. Here are the facts and evidence. Here's what the scriptures say. And let's reorient you back onto the path. That's a real friend. That's someone that will help correct you and get you back on the path. And you and I have to stay on that path. And that's the only way. I have guys that I call. And I'm like, dude, am I seeing this right? Am I crazy? Is this, is this what happened? And, and, and it, it helps me balance things out uh, in the fact that I can call these guys, these mentor guys for me, that says, no, nah, Brandon, you're all right, man. Or no, they'll say you're wrong and you're not seeing this correctly or, what the, or whatever it might be. And I have to be corrected because my perception goes off a little bit. And that can happen to all of us. And so we gotta reach out to people that are gonna tell us the truth. Because here's, here's the thing. These guys are out there. More than ever. Okay, look, we've had false teachers and false prophets for the last 2,000 years, but not like we've had it now. They are everywhere, and because of the internet, they, 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 they're, 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 their messages go everywhere around the world, okay? Thousands of people listen to these guys, and, and they make millions of dollars off people, and people don't care. Why is it? Why would somebody listen to a false prophet or a false teacher? What did Paul tell Timothy they would do for them? Tickle this. Do you know what tickling the ear means? It means telling somebody what they want to hear and not what they need to hear. That's why they have a following. That's why they have a following. My friends, the wolves are out there. They are, they're, they're eating people alive. In 2024, the only way we're going to survive is bowing a knee to the truth of God and his authority and saying, Lord, I submit my emotions, I submit my, my, my proclivities, everything to your authority so I can know the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth will what? Set you free. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord what we can study in your word. Amazing that this would happen in the patriarchal family, but it's really no different than what we have to experience in our own lives. We see it all around us. We see it in our own families. Father, we gotta be, 
We gotta be submitting to you, Father, through this difficult time. We have to cling to you more than ever, Father. We ask for strength, we ask for, for wisdom, perception, and truth from your word, Father, so we can navigate these difficult waters. And I pray, Father, if someone doesn't know your son today here, that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would understand that your son, Jesus, died on a cross for their sins, paid the, all the penalty for them, offers forgiveness, was buried and rose on the third day to give everlasting life to anyone who will simply believe in him. Father, speak to hearts today, Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.